we got a great show for you today. I think we're going to get things going pretty quick here. And uh, what I want to do is I want to make sure that we kind of give our announcements and things before we get started. Uh, announcements today include, of course, our weekly weight loss seminar, Tuesday evening at 6.30. Had a great group this last week. They all became uh, members of the uh, weight loss team. And uh, I'm telling you, it's really, really great to be involved with such a thing on a weekly basis. What we're going to do is we're going to um, uh, just give you a little bit of a couple figures here. In December, get this, in December, the total lost at the Welcome to Health Weight Loss Clinic was 382 pounds total. Now, that's, uh, you know, actually a, a couple people actually, you know, just disappeared off the face of the earth. That's all fat. We do not lose any muscle while we're on this weight loss protocol. And uh, it works out really well. January figures were 363 pounds. Now, you add that up. And you just keep adding, and that kind of makes the figure that we have, um, we kind of like postulated or extrapolated a figure from um, a lot of these things. We Several years, we kept every record we had on how many pounds we lost, and we came up to about uh, five tons of fat had been lost at the Welcome to Health Center. Now it's, oh my gosh, I'm sure that it's into the 20 tons, uh, 2,000 pounds a ton, and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, and it's fat because we have the records. We, we know exactly what people are losing, what part of their body they're losing. They maintain the muscle. They lose the fat. Okay, so that's Tuesday evening at 6.30. You could be uh, numbered with all of these people. You could actually see yourself shrinking away and uh, feeling better, feeling great, as a matter of fact. And that's always the goal is the health aspect of weight loss is what we're all about, the Welcome to Health Center. Okay, now, what are we going to talk about today? Well, last week we talked about vitamin K2 and specifically about vitamin K27. And we had some very interesting things to say about the cardiovascular and the bone health benefits of vitamin K2. In fact, we found out that um, it was discovered, vitamin K2 was discovered in a kind of a strange way. We already knew about K1. I, actually, decades and decades ago, uh, almost a century ago, I think it was, that K1 was discovered as the primary clotting factor. And people are always asking me, well, why is it K instead of C? We spell clotting with a C. Well, it was discovered in Germany. So when uh, you spell something with a K sound in German, it's always a, uh, a K sound. It's always a K. Uh, in any case, but K2 was not discovered. And the way they discovered it was kind of unique. What happened was they found out that in Japan, in eastern Japan, the citizens lived about seven to ten years longer than the citizens of western Japan. And not only that, the cardiovascular disease in eastern Japan, uh, and, you know, cardiovascular disease is one of the primary killers of humans. Um, the cardiovascular disease was very, very low. The diabetes was extremely low. Um, the athletic performance and the ability of the citizens to perform um, on those levels was much higher than in the West, and um, it was just kind of a total mystery. And, of course, when you have that kind of thing going on in a country uh, anywhere in the world where the genetics are quite similar, you ask, what in the heck is going on here? Because this is just crazy. 
And it's incumbent that you find out why, because especially if you're in Eastern Japan, you want to know what in the heck are those people in the, I mean, Western Japan, what in the heck are those people in the East doing? I want some of that. Because one of the things about living longer is that most people who live longer also are living healthier while they live. And to me, that's it. I mean, you know, take me out anytime. You know, when I'm gone, I'm going to be gone no matter when it is, you know, whether it's in two seconds, and hopefully I'll be able to finish the program, uh, or whether it's, you know, 20 years, when, I, when I'm gone, I'm gone, right? But while I'm here, I want to live as healthfully as possible. I want to feel good. I want to have energy. I want to be doing significant things. I want to be making the world a better place. I mean, uh, as Jordan Peterson, any of you people out here have been listening to Jordan Peterson says, you know, what better do you have to do than make the world a better place? I mean, and you can work on small things in that respect. So make the world a better place. And that's kind of what I want to be doing with my life. Why not? I mean, I don't have anything better to do. So when it comes to this kind of thing, if you're going to live, you want to live healthfully. And the comparison of the two populations of Japan are just really a good illustration. The people who were living longer also had less diabetes. Therefore, they had less diabetic neuropathy. Therefore, they had less diabetic pain. Therefore, they were able to be more active with their family. They could work on their bucket list, et cetera, et cetera. They also had less cardiovascular disease. So they spent less time in the hospital. They were on fewer blood thinners. They were on uh, they were, you know, they could cut themselves without bleeding out. They, they could do all kinds of things that they were not able to do if they had been less healthy. Uh, also, but K2, and we'll see more of this today, it, it actually enhances your energy performance and your oxygen utilization and your cardiac output, your heart output. And all of these things also add to your overall ability to function well in your life and do the kinds of things that you want to do with your life. And while you're at it, by the way, while you're doing all these things, don't just sit around. Actually, make the world a better place. There's nothing better that you can do. I mean, get along better with your spouse. Uh, be more friendly with some of the acquaintances. Try to help out with, with other people. With all this extra energy you're going to have as a result of vitamin K2, do something good with it, <laughs> right? So, uh, so that, that's kind of how the whole thing came about. We found out that people were healthier. Uh, and, the, and, by the way, interestingly, and you can look on the Internet for this, too, because um, they found out that what the Japanese in the East were actually eating was a food called natto. And what natto is, it's, it's fermented soybeans. And, by the way, when you go on the Internet, uh, look up first taste of natto. And it's kind of interesting because there's a whole bunch of people out there who taste it for the first time. And the faces that they make are just absolutely unbelievable. So, you know, if you want some entertainment, do that. It's not quite the same thing as watching cat videos, but it's kind of similar. Anyway, so what happened was the eastern and western Japan were at war. Eastern Japan was so poor and had done poorly in the war that a lot of their soybeans rotted or they fermented, as we'll say. And they had to eat it anyway because they were starving to death. And it turned out that after a while, they kind of got used to the taste and they kind of liked it. And uh, not only that, they survived eating this fermented soy uh, product. And um, they actually felt better. And as a consequence, it became a staple part of their diet. Everyone in eastern Japan eats it. By the way, western Japan still doesn't like it. But, you know, 
they're starting to take supplements, K2-7 supplements, because it it has such great uh, benefits. Okay, anyway, so let's get into, you know, we talked last week about how that K2 actually makes the matrix of your bones, the, the lattice work, the structure of the bone, sticky enough so that calcium can be laid into that matrix. And we won't go into detail because the detail is just way too fascinating. I would get way off base. But it makes the calcium, these little calcium rocks, stick into the bone matrix, and it makes your bone strong, very strong, okay? It prevents osteoporosis, basically. You know, osteoporosis means your bones are porous. They don't have enough calcium in them to be strong. And so the K2 actually... Um, makes the bones sticky. Now, but it does something else too because they found out that in the arteries where you don't want calcium, you don't want calcium in your soft tissues except for functionally because the calcium in your soft tissue makes them hard, makes them non-flexible. And so the blood vessels, by the way, which you want to be very flexible because if you want if you need higher blood pressure, you want them to be able to squeeze down on the blood and push it into the muscles. You know, if you're being chased by a pack of wolves or a tiger or something, you want really good high blood pressure to make sure that your tissues are getting lots of blood really fast. And so it squeezes down. But if you're not, if you're just sitting around, you don't want high blood pressure. So you want your arteries to be able to relax and, and the hole to get bigger, right? Well, that doesn't happen if you have calcification in your arteries because the tissues are stiff. And what they found is that people that do not have arterial calcification or osteo, um, uh, I'm sorry, um, arterial sclerosis, the ones that don't have that have high K27 in their arteries. That means that the K27 actually in this particular case kind of unglues the calcium from the arteries and allows it to go back into circulation where it can be put into the bone. In fact, one of the big problems uh, that we discovered after recommending high calcium intake in conjunction with higher vitamin D intake is we found out that people were actually having heart problems more often. And why were they having heart problems? And by the way, their bones weren't getting the calcium either. They were having more heart problems because the calcification of arteries in the heart was a problem. And we'll see another problem, too, in just a little bit. But that was causing more heart attacks. And, of course, you know, we were taking the vitamin D because we thought we were making ourselves healthier, and it turned out that it was causing problems. Now, is it important to take vitamin D? Absolutely, it's important to take vitamin D because if you're not taking vitamin D, then you're not absorbing calcium into your system the way you need to. But if you're not taking vitamin K2 also, then you've got maybe even bigger problems because if you're not taking vitamin K2, then the calcium is not being put into your bones. It's being put into soft tissue. So there's the rub. That's the problem. And that's something that you know, we need to be paying very, very close attention to, okay? So K2, very, very important. The supplement that we have at the practice for vitamin D, as a matter of fact, has K2-7 in it. And it's obvious why we wanted to do that, because we want to make sure that it's going to your bones and not to your blood vessels and the vessels of your heart. But that's not where the advantages of K2 stop. So we talked about the effect of vitamin K2 on heart health and bone health. 
But what about the rest of the body? Is it in, important for that? Well, K, vitamin K, both K1 and K2, are so important that the body actually expresses a carrying molecule to usher it from our digestive tract into the bloodstream, where the first place it goes is the liver. And when something goes to the liver, uh, you know that it's very, very important. And if it has a special carrier molecule, that means the body is taking no chances. It's actually wrapping it up. And in this case, it's a chylomicron, which is a little fat bubble that picks up the vitamin K and ushers it straight to the liver. Now, the first thing that happens, the liver is this incredible chemical lab or chemical factory that transforms things into usable substances for the body. And what it does with K2, the first thing, well, the first thing is K1. That's the clotting factor. So what K1 does in the liver is it uses, the liver uses as much as it can, then it sends it out to help us so that we don't bleed to death. But K2 actually has so many different functions in the liver that if you're not taking enough K2, then the liver uses it all. And it's kind of like a, um, if you imagine a series of buckets, you know, if you have a, the, the first bucket's got to be full before the second bucket gets anything. And that first bucket's got a hole in it that's always draining it out, always using what you put in there, right? But you've got to fill it enough that it spills over into the second bucket, which is also draining it out, okay, using it in other words. And then you have to have that bucket full before it spills into the third bucket. And that's kind of the way a lot of these nutrients work, and especially with K2. If the liver is complete enough and has all of its functions taken care of for K27, then other body systems will get it. So if you only have a little in your diet, and by the way, if you're eating the standard American diet, namely the diet that consists of fast foods and processed foods, you do most of your shopping on the inside aisles of the store rather than around the perimeter or around the outside. You're not eating lots of uh, vegetables. You're not uh, eating a lot of good, healthy um, real food, then your chances of having enough K2 to even satisfy the liver is extraordinarily low. And as a consequence, your bones, your heart, your energy production, you getting away from diabetes and stuff is just hopeless for you. You've got to start eating well, okay, before you can have enough nutrition to actually take care of your body. But back to K2, because what happens is in the standard American diet, we get almost no K2 and K27, almost nothing. If you eat a really good diet, I mean a great diet, lots of greens, greens, you know, good quality, um, grass-fed beef and um, ocean-raised salmon and all this stuff, you get a really great diet. <clears throat> it's real clean. You're not eating a lot of toxins. You're not doing a lot of the... Um, Roundup-ready crops and things like that, and you're not eating the animals that are eating the Roundup-ready crops, you're doing all of this stuff right, you're going to get a substantially larger volume of K2. However, it still may not be enough. I mean, we contrasted the two Japanese populations. Western Japan eats a lot more K2 than we do in the United States, even when we're doing it right. But they still aren't beating the eastern Japan that eats the natto, okay? So if you have a great diet, you're probably doing much, much better. However, in the West, we still don't get enough K2 to function optimally, 
Now, let's talk about a couple things that K2 does that we didn't talk about. One of the main things, and this is central to everything that happens in health, is where you want your mitochondria, the mighty mitochondria, to be functioning at optimal. Now, what is a mitochondria? Well, every cell in your body has 100 to 1,000 mitochondria in it. And these are very, very small little organelles in the cell that's in the cell, surrounded by the cell membrane with all the other cellular equipment, and the very little cell organelle that is responsible for producing a molecule called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And ATP is the energy currency of the body. Now, what do I mean by energy currency? What I mean is this, anything that moves, absolutely anything that moves is fueled by ATP. You raise your arm up, you know, with your finger to scratch your nose. Every minutest movement in that whole thing is fueled by ATP. Every muscle contraction, every thought you have is fueled by ATP. Why? Because every nerve has to pump ions out of itself into the peripheral environment so that there's there's a Uh, electrical differential between the inside of the cell and the outside of the cell in order to send a nerve impulse or an electrical pulse through the nerve. If you don't have that, your electricity breaks down. Your nerves don't work. You can't have a thought, okay? In fact, you go unconscious and die if you you don't have enough energy to pump electrical ions out of the the, uh, nerve. So all of these different functions, no matter how minute, in fact, even this, get this, there's a picture on, on, uh, science, in Science um, Magazine in their internet section that has a bubble of protein being dragged from the uh, manufacturing part of the cell to the cell membrane to be released into the blood, and it's being dragged by a little rope with feet on the end of it. And those feet are walking up a microtubule, you know, one step at a time, you know, bonding, releasing the last one, the other one comes up there, bonds, and just keeps, it's like walking on a magnetic uh, rope, right? This thing, and it's carrying this bubble up to the surface. What's driving all that? ATP, this little energy molecule, and that's all made in the mighty mitochondria, this little furnace that burns sugar and fat and turns it into usable energy for the body. It's absolutely magnificent. Go online and look at some of those movies because you just put in mitochondria, ATP utilization, and you'll get some absolutely amazing uh, photos, you know, actually animations of what goes on inside the cell. In any case, so what is the K2's role in this? Well, it turns out that K2 actually can be used in the energy production cycle. And it's actually used at the same place as coenzyme Q10. And many of you are, you are have heard of coenzyme Q10. That's a vitamin, um, that uh, the cofactor that actually is quite common. You know, that's what you take if you are on statin medications and haven't been smart enough to get off of them yet. Um, you're taking the coenzyme Q10 because statin medications actually deplete coenzyme Q10. So anyway, what happens is what happens is that you are um, replacing the coenzyme Q10 or actually using it alongside the K2 in the same energy cycle. And what happens is this. Your your ability to utilize oxygen goes up to the point where everything in the cell starts working better. Now, let me just, one more thing before we start winding down here is this. 
that the difference between a two-year-old's cell and an 80-year-old cell is principally the fact that the two-year-old cell has a complete array of functional mitochondria. These little energy furnaces are all working really well. The 80-year-old cell looks almost identical, except that most of the mitochondria are broken. Most of the mitochondria are non-functional. It goes low enough, and all of a sudden you've got a cancer cell there because the, the function of the mitochondria is to destroy cells that become cancerous. And if, you're, you know, if they're already broken and enfeebled, et cetera, your chances of having cancer go way up. However, if you are taking adequate amounts of vitamin K, what happens is that those mitochondria work more efficiently and there's actually research that says that you can actually increase the amount of mitochondria or the number of mitochondria you have, the functional mitochondria. So you increase function and number of this absolutely essential uh, aspect of cellular function. And it is the respiratory part. It is the part that utilizes the oxygen you're breathing right now in every cell of the body and turns it into energy with which you can build health. That's how important it is. And K2 has a vital function in that. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you at the 630 seminar. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events, and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.